0: Thank you. The college football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap, all season long. Catch us every week, starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Obi Moniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hhwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network.
1: Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yeah. to the City.
0: Keys to the City, baby. When well, you see us so you know. Crossed up by Kobe. We'll float in Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Podcasting Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, nation. devil I'm woman. Saying, saying, but speaking I of those ladies. But
2: I, but I, hold on. It's it's fun. Fun. But I didn't don't make you part you part 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 I didn't make money. I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you
0: did. You said that. that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now.
1: Streaming everywhere.
0: Throwing jabs, always full send, here we go again, Jared, Joe, and Jays, Crest, top three corner man. punching in, with a punching chance we find a way to win, the main event, lock it in, every Saturday attend. the overhand is out of hand, when it comes to fist cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch, uppercut, got you missing wave. feet are stepping late, keep your guard up feeling faint, from a faint, take a standing aid, then retaliate, put up your duke, stick and move, bob and waved don't lose hope against the ropes, There's always an escape, never stay down, one more round, bells ringing, count Punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts. Because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwing Jabs. I'm your host. Big J's joined by Jared Jones and Joe Aguire. And, boy, we got another big weekend of fights. But before we get there, we got to recap last week's UFC pay-per-view, UFC 267. Let's start with the co-main event. As we all pick Peter Yan to get it done against Corey Sandhagen, got it done via unanimous decision. I mean, next is the rematch for the actual bantamweight championship. But, uh... Joe, what would you think of the fight here?
1: So, uh, look, here's the thing. Um, Peter Yan is next level when it comes to being a bantamweight. And Corey Sanhagen is a great, great fighter. And he fought a great fight. He gave it his all. He put everything he had into this fight. He's got to be happy with his performance, but as you can see, it fell wayfully short or woefully short. I think everyone in this division should be on notice that you got to bring your A game to beat Peter Yan. And I don't think most guys' A games, like San Hagen's, are capable of actually beating Peter Yan. And he's going to go get his belt back from Sterling. And I'll be curious to see. Uh, who might be able to step up this guy's just next level this guy just enforces his will and I don't know I mean again San Hagen's great hit him flush with some kicks nothing just nothing doing Jared I mean I, I say it there's elite guys this is one of those guys who's just head and shoulders better than the other guys Buzzsaw, you know, Peter Yan, when we talked
3: about fighter of the year, he was one of my candidates. And if you take that one knee out, these are dominant performances against top of the line guys. Um, I love your take here, Joe. It was the best fight San Kagan could have fought. And he's and he's one of the elite fighters in the division. And it wasn't good enough for Peter Yan. This 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 is uh, this kid is a buzzsaw. I don't see him losing. Anytime soon, not at that weight class. I mean, Cyril Ghosn could beat him, but this guy's good.
2: Yeah. Like I said last week, Jan is fighting to get at the top of that pound-for-pound pound rankings. Corey Sanhagen, he's just at the top of the bantamweight division. I mean, it's just different. And, yeah, that, that one knee keeps it, from, keeps it from being a bantamweight title defense. And then he has to go back and get the championship again, which sucks. But, yeah, Jan is just a beast. But going from Peter Jan to Jan Blahovic, who lost as Glover Teixeira submitted him. And last week, y- y'all were laughing at my face about picking true. Glover. I, I, want down, it, I want to be very clear. I want to be very
1: clear. Okay. I, I, I expressed concern about the submission game of to i acknowledged it i said i thought it would be a problem could become a big factor but i thought the polish power would come out early uh and negate mm-hmm. that and it didn't uh to me jan never looked right in this fight he really never got going um and then got submitted so um, not try to make any excuses, but Jan just finished shooting an action movie in his native Poland. I I don't know if maybe he was a little distracted with the camp. Maybe he didn't he, I don't know what it was, he jogging. Yeah, not enough jogging, stopping. clearly. This this didn't look Listen, Glover Teixeira is an excellent fighter. Yep. And, and when you when you use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in fights, your chances of winning greatly increases. Someone should tell Paulo Costa that. Um that said, Jan Blahovitz a better fighter than Glover Teixeira and and I think uh, at least in the in the recent couple of years he's been the guy. But this was not a championship performance out of Jan Blahovitz. Uh so credit to Glover who brought it, who at 42 finally got his crack and representing Dan Barry CT. Nothing but love for Glover Teixeira. That's great. This is how you don't make it. That was a good
3: try, Joe. It was a good Thank attempt, you. but this is how you don't make any excuses. Jace, I laughed in your face. I said this guy, this might be a retirement party for Teixeira. I said he would be dominated. I was wrong on all three counts, except laughing at your face because, you know,
2: Uh, oh but i mean if there were ever a person in the ufc to deserve a championship i I think it's glover like just his story like like i mentioned last week just struggling with his visa during his prime then having i mean john jones just dominated that division he had his crack at john jones couldn't get it but now it was his time and, and jan like he, he did go on this run, but I mean, that's Jan. Like, he has these great fights. He can go on these runs, but he does also have those letdowns. And I, I just think, really, with Glover DeShera at the top, even with Jan at the top, this division is still wide open. And we, we need a young, hungry lion to come kill off the, these old guys and uh, really take control of this division, in my opinion. To get is it back. His
1: name Yuri Prohaska. Because oh. if it is, then I have just the guy for you. His name is <laughs> Yuri Prohaska. <laughs> yeah, you, look, this you're right, it this division's right wide open. It's the reason John Jones bailed out on it. He didn't feel like there was enough star power in it. Um, and you might be right, you know, listen, uh you know, Dominic Reyes was the hot ticket for a minute, and then it was Jan. And now it's Yuri Prohaska who everyone's already predicting is going to smash Glover Teixeira. And I will say the same thing I said about this fight. Anytime Glover Teixeira is in a ring with another human being, the chances of him submitting you are really good. So you really got to you got to you got to come out of the gate and you got to be ready. And, you know, Prohaska strikes me as a very focused um obviously uh, you guys know his story i mean he's just a, a a great martial artist um and and to me would be a good guy to go in there uh and and negate the submission game with his unbelievable fighting techniques
2: yeah i mean we'll see yeah regardless i mean clover sheriff had a great moment and everything but uh yeah, his time at the top of that division shouldn't be for too, too long. Cause... He's
3: the only one that makes sense there. That's it, Prahashka. Yeah. That's the answer to the question all day. Yeah, I mean, uh, if,
2: if Johnny Walker go... won the, the Santos fight, live? maybe. Uh, I maybe? Uh, that would be interesting.
3: It's Prahashka is the point. Yeah. If you, you know, come up with another light heavyweight you think is on that list for the next guy that's the young lion that's going to kill off all those
2: Prokoska is the list. You don't know what sucks, though? I, I bet that if Paulo Costa were to – if they put Paulo Costa in light heavyweight and he knocks out someone, say Jan. Jan may be a little bit older. So he has a big knockout. He can hop he, Procosta, i I think – just because the UFC has loved him so much. Why don't you bring I him don't up and let him fight for a Oscar? But yeah. That's what you do. That, that, that is what you do, and I think they should yeah. do. But. There's
3: a retirement party for you.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But now let's get to the for who real. you got. The who you got. Biggest beefs in combat sports. I mean, we, we have a big one coming up tonight. Part two, Covington and uh, Usman. Usman. Uh, they, they hate each other. They're going back and forth. And I mean, we've talked about the rivalries. We've talked about the trilogies. But the biggest beef, well, not necessarily the greatest performances in the ring, maybe outside the ring actions or just raw hatred of one another. Joe, what's the biggest beef in combat sports? I'm going to give
1: you two guys who never actually got into the octagon together. That being Tony Ferguson and Khabib nurga I love that. I've watched that press conference a dozen times. I will smash you in street fight. I will eat you in street fight. Oh, my God. And Ferguson with the baseball. Is he going to throw it at him? When is he going to throw the ball to Khabib? You know what I mean? That was amazing. The back and forth with those guys, it's too bad uh, the fight never actually happened. But, yeah, that to me, uh, and there's definitely lingering hatred between the two of those. And with every every bad fight Ferguson's had since then, Khabib is always there to remind him
2: uh, of it.
1: And I love that.
2: Yeah, I mean... He, Khabib was Tony's white whale. Like as soon as he retired, everything went down the down the toilet for him. So, yeah. But Jared, what you got?
3: Uh, a couple honorable mentions first: Gotti Ward. I think you just have to say it. That's more just the fights more than the beef, though. Uh, Sugar Ray and Hearns, Hagler Hearns, that whole uh, Duran, that whole four pack we had there for a while in the eighties rousey and tate john jones john, john jones, jones versus
1: alcohol it has got to be a winner thank you
3: sander sanchez yes john jones versus addiction okay circle gets a square um but my winner i think like you know one of the things that popped into my head is when when uh bitch co- oh batch how do you pronounce that <laughs> Um, she said something about Rousey's father committing suicide and how Rousey would commit suicide after their fight. Um, I think that was basically the downfall of Rousey's career. She went in and smashed bitch, uh, Correa. Let's just call her Correa. She went in and smashed Correa with her hands. She, she, there were no, it was her first non-arm bar win. And then she thought she could do that to everybody and ended up in the cage with Holly Holm. Um, So that was one of the things that came to me, like when you say something like that and you make somebody feel the type of feelings that Rousey had, I think you need something like that. And if you go back into our war times and you're calling somebody a draft dodger or an Uncle Tom, you're saying something very, very offensive. The answer to this has to be Ali Frazier. You're welcome.
2: Damn, that's really <laughs> good. what's gotcha? You?
1: you you just got me thinking about Mike Tyson, and I will eat your children.
3: You ever been fucked oh, by a geez. man? Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's, that's Not what you want to hear. Your opponent say at the press conference. Yeah, <laughs> Mike was great for those sound bites.
2: Uh, Sander brings one up. John Jones, DC, like what you were saying, uh, Jared about, uh, Correa, uh, talking about run Rousey's, you said dad, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure John Jones mentioned something about DC's dad dying too, as well. So when you bring it to that level, it's wild. But for me, I I got two UFC one. I mean, in the ring, it was terrible, but I, I, I mean, the fight itself was terrible, but after, before the fight and after the fight, it was madness. That's the dolly with Conor McGregor throwing the dolly into the bus, and then obviously Khabib after destroying him hops over the the gate to yell at Dylan Danis. So, yeah, th- that's got to be my UFC one. But for boxing, I I, I I gotta go. I I've talked about this story so many times on the show: Fury and Wilder. Fury scrolling through Instagram. Wilder says he's the next generation Tyson Fury. I mean, uh, Mike Tyson. Tyson Fury, who's named after Mike Tyson, sees that, takes offense to that, gets back from being like 400 pounds, gets down to fight weight, uh, and then just goes out and did that big trilogy and uh, Deontay Wilder going crazy and never having respect for for Tyson Fury, no love. Like, that, that's just wild and crazy. And, like, the, the, all, all of these things, like, you just can't write in, like, a, a movie or a sto- storybook. Like, this stuff's just all crazy. And, and that's what the fight game is. That That's what you get from the fight game.
1: You know, funny, I was reading that statement that came out a couple days later, you know, from Wilder. Uh, and as I read it, the beginning sounds like he could have written it. And the end part definitely didn't sound like his writing. You agree with that? Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think Deontay Wilder wrote any of that part about the Gypsy King and all that on the way out. I think he ended it. The last part is when he refers to himself as a king of boxing. I think that was the end. And I think everything that came after that came from his team. And I'm glad they did that. I'll be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they did their best to help him save face.
2: Yeah, they learned what happens when you let Deontay Wilder just run loose after the second fight. So his team definitely had to rein him in somehow. But uh, regardless of that, I mean, that's the fight game. Beef's going to come from it. And we, we got a great one coming up tonight. And uh, we'll talk about that. But first, you want to squash your beef with mosquitoes? Check out Mosquito Shield. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut,
1: and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside sweating those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one size fits all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for the season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This province has awarded them an industry leading consumer ret- Engine rating of ninety percent. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade Chesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. Strawweight champion Rose Namajunas will defend her title in a rematch with Weili Zhang in the co-main event of UFC 268, live from Madison Square Garden. Let's break it down. Wei Li Zhang is 32 years old. She's 5'4 with a 63 inch reach and a record of 21 and 2, 10 knockouts and 7 submissions. Born in Handan, China, she began training in martial arts at the age of 12, learning Kung Fu as well as Chinese boxing and wrestling. While working as a fitness instructor, she began learning Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and decided to become a professional fighter. She made her pro debut in 2013, losing via decision to Meng Bao then won her next 12 all by stoppage to claim her first title, winning the KFL Strawweight Championship via second-round knockout over Simone Dorate. After four defenses, she made her UFC debut in 2018 with a win over Danielle Taylor, then followed that up with a first-round submission over Jessica Aguilar. She beat Ticha Torres by decision, then blew out Jessica Andrade in 42 seconds, stunning her with a right cross and then bombarding her with knees and punches to get to stoppage and claim the women's strongweight title. After moving to Dubai and failing several times to obtain a visa, she was finally allowed to enter the U.S. and defend her title against Joanna Iannacek. In one of the greatest fights in UFC history, Zhang pulled out a split decision victory in a brutally epic war that saw both women combine for 351 significant strikes and spend the night in the hospital. The bout was declared the fight of the year, and both women were given a two-month medical suspension. Thirteen months later, she made her second defense against former champion Rose Namajunas, losing her title via first-round knockout from a brutal head kick. A technically sound striker, Magnum possesses immense power, a high fight IQ, excellent wrestling, and the ability to walk down opponents and control the distance. Rose Nama Namajunas is 29 years old. She's 5'5 five five with a 65-inch reach and a record of 10-4 with two knockouts and five submissions. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Thug Rose began training in martial arts at the age of 5, attaining her black belt at 9. She began training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and kickboxing under Duke Rufus while still in high school. After graduation, she had a brief amateur career going 4-0 before turning pro at Invicta FC4 Scoring a third round submission over Emily Kagan and followed that up with a wild flying armbar submission in her second fight. After dropping a decision to teach a Torres, she joined the UFC for season 20 of The Ultimate Fighter. She scored three straight submissions over Alice Chambers, Joanne Calderwood, and Ronda Marcos to make it to the finals. However, she lost via rear naked choke in the third round. In 2015, she defeated both Angela Hill and Paige Van Zandt via rear naked choke and followed those wins with a decision over Tisha Torres. After submitting Michelle Watterson, she took on strawweight champion Joanna Janjacek, and despite being a massive underdog, she knocked out Janjacek with a vicious 1-2 in the first round. Following her decision victory in the rematch, she was forced to take the rest of the year off due to a compression fracture of her vertebrae which she sustained while training with Valentina Shevchenko. Upon her return, she dominated Jessica Andrade, but ultimately lost via knockout when she was slammed down in the second round. In July of 2020, she got her revenge, defeating Andrade by split decision. And on April 24, 2021, she took on the formidable Wei Li Zhang, knocking out the champion with a thunderous head kick in round one to become the first woman to reclaim her title in the UFC. One of the most well-rounded women in the sport, Rose is a highly proficient striker with excellent footwork and kicks, and after closing the distance, will usually go for submission. Can a refocused Wei Li Zhang use her immense strength and powerful punches to exact a revenge? Or will Thug Rose use her superior footwork and striking ability to cement her standing as one of the pound-for-pound best in the sport? Tune in to UFC 268, Zhang vs. Namajunas. And let's find out. All
2: right, Joe. We talked a little bit about this before the show started. And you think we're going to have a second two-time champ tonight? I am
1: coming across some new information. And I'm a little concerned right now. And you might have seen a tough weight cut. Had to uh, weigh in naked behind a curtain. So now I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, Boy, I'm going to take. I'm going to go against what I said to you before, Jace, and I am going to take Thug Rose. Uh, I think this one's going to be bloody, and I think it's going to go the distance.
2: All right. All right, Jed. What you got? He actually, no, Joe, the power, dude, you were all on this, like. I don't right. know,
1: man. Bad camp, bad weight cut. I don't know. Now I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I was all set to take Wiley, uh, Jared, and uh, I don't know. I talked myself out of it.
2: Last time you talked yourself out of something, it was uh, Shakur Stevenson and Herrig, I'm just going to say.
3: Just so you know. So you got statisticians working yourself. I need to get a couple guys behind the scenes over here, like Jay Scott. All right, I'm going to take Whaley.
1: Then I am going to take. Her. I think oh, Joe, too stop. much. I'm going to do stop. it. I'm taking uh, her. How can I'm anybody take you seriously now? Right no, that's what now. I was okay. going to do in the first place. I I got a little, I got a little uh, jarred by the weigh I'm this taking Rose. Weigh-in.
3: I'm taking Rose. Yeah, that weigh-in is everything, Joe. You were right to uh, second guess that. I'm taking Rose. What do you think now?
1: Yeah, I do want to take now. I'm going to take, well, I'm going to, do it. I'm, going to I, I'm going to stick with my original pick. Although I, I will say obviously this is very concerning information. Um, we oh, all man. know how important, you know, cutting weight is everybody, but Paul Costa knows how important making a weight cut is and having a good camp is and how important that is. So yeah, I'm a little, I'm definitely concerned, but look, my, my thought, Jared going in and, and, Uh, Sander put in the comments, you know, the booing bother. She's got a lot of excuses. I really do think this woman came in to Jacksonville, Florida, thinking as the champion, why wouldn't they cheer me? I don't think she has any comprehension that, you know, China, boo China. Um, China. I think that, you know, it's funny. When I was watching the fight, long before anybody brought that up, I thought she looks like upset by that like I think it really caught her off guard and and uh, you know you're on hostile ground against a tough fighter she didn't have a great first round I mean did, you know she didn't have a great first round I agree with
3: your take though Joe I mean I was serious uh, Rose by decision um, and I think it's fight of the year candidate a um, lot of landed punches if you got a fan duel lineup take them both put your winner in the MVP circle because there's going to be a lot of landed strikes and it's going to go to the decision. That's my, yeah. that's, that's, that's my, uh, my opinion.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I still don't know where Joe lands, but I get what, what you're saying? Joe. like, I, even this is with like Wade pronouncing
3: baterbiev with him trying to figure <laughs> out who he thinks is going to win the fight is better. Better be, better, be uh, okay. better bud. Scully didn't this even kid. know. He was like, no, it's, betur- it's better. P-
1: wait. <laughs>
2: uh, but no. lad. Th- this what did fight I
1: say I was taking? Now, I don't remember. Did I say I, I not I don't remember
2: either. <laughs> I, I think
3: you stick with your guns unless you want to change. Your Why gun. don't you go draw? No, yeah.
1: right, I'm gonna go. draw. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say uh, rose by decision. Like I said at the beginning.
2: OK, this You'll- is a tough fight, though. You have to admit it is. I, I I'm gonna going to put my money on Rose. It. He sounds pretty confident.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, but, I mean, I, I'm with you. It's back and forth. It's really hard to pick. But the thing is, is Rose, it, it, as an underdog, I, I haven't looked. I looked earlier in the week. She was an underdog. I don't know if she still is. But, like, she she, she just always gets it done. Against Joanna, coming in, getting the knockout. Coming back, everyone said the knockout was a fluke. She came in. She went five rounds. She outclassed. I think it's the same thing here. You got the knockout. Everyone's saying it's a fluke. Uh, I, yeah, and a lot of the excuses, the weight cut, the the home crowd or whatever, those are all excuses. But, no, Rose just comes in. She shows up. It's the same Rose you're always going to see, and she just gets it done. I, I think she outclassed there. She is one crazy slam away from being – this being, what, her fifth title defense and her being on the same – her us talking about her possibly going up to fight Shevchenko or her being in that upper echelon of all the female fighters right now. Just one wild slam away from her being in that conversation because Rose is fantastic, and she's going to show it. And I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if she – I, I think she takes it to the ground and submits uh, Zang in, like, the third round. I'm going to go there. I got Rose getting it done. Just that length is just going to be too much for, for Zang. But, uh, yeah, so we oh, all three of us agree? Kind of, Joe? Doug Rose. Doug <laughs> Rose all day, baby.
1: We did all say Rose, right? Not, all right, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good.
3: <laughs> I was a little back and forth, but.
1: Sherrod, the rest of these, I've got really definitive
2: answers. Trust right. me. I've got very
1: <laughs> definitive choices from here on out. Okay. okay. All right. Speaking of the rest of them,
2: now let's get into the main event. Welterweight
1: champion Kamara Usman defends his title against Colby Covington in the main event of UFC 268 live from Madison Square Garden. Let's break it down. Colby Covington's 33 years old. He's 5'11 with a 72-inch reach and a record of 16-2 with four knockouts and four submissions. From Clovis, California, Covington moved to Oregon when he was eight and took up wrestling in high school, lettering all four years to winning the state championship in his senior year. He went on to wrestle at Iowa State Community College, where he was a roommate of John Jones, before transferring back to Oregon and becoming a two-time Pac-10 Conference champion at 174 pounds. After graduating with a degree in sociology, he made his pro debut in 2012 with a first-round TKO. He won his next four with two submissions before making his UFC debut with a first-round knockout over Wang Enying. In December of 2015, he suffered his first loss, a guillotine choke to Worley Alves. He bounced back six months later with a rear naked choke of Jonathan Munier, and then followed that up with a third-round knockout of Max Griffin. He followed that up with decisions over Brian Barberena and Dong Hyun Kim, and in the last fight of his contract, he defeated the always dangerous Debian Maya by unanimous decision. Seven months later, he defeated Rafael Dos Anjos to win the interim welterweight championship, but was subsequently stripped of his title when a surgery prevented him from taking on Tyron Woodley in a unification match. He returned in August of 2019, overwhelming former champion Robbie Lawler throwing 541 strikes and attempting 18 takedowns en route to a lopsided unanimous decision to earn another title shot. On December 14, 2019, he challenged welterweight champion Kamara Usman engaging in a savage back and forth war of attrition with both men absorbing punishment and Covington fighting with a broken jaw before getting dropped twice in the final minute of the fight and having the referee call a halt to the action. In September of 2020, He took on former champion and training partner Tyron Woodley, dominating the first four rounds before the fight was stopped in the fifth with Woodley complaining of a rib injury. A highly aggressive pressure fighter, Covington possesses an iron jaw with a solid stand-up game, world-class wrestling skills, and some of the best cardio in the sport, setting a breakneck pace and overwhelming his opponents with volume. Kamara Usman is 34 years old, he's 6 foot tall with a 76 inch reach and a record of 19-1 and one with 9 knockouts. Born in Nigeria, he moved to Arlington, Texas at 8 years old and started wrestling in high school, finishing with a 53-3 and three record. He wrestled Division 2 at the University of Nebraska, finished with a record of 44-1, and one, then became a resident of the U.S. Olympic Training Center, but didn't make the 2012 team due to injuries. He turned pro in 2015 went 5-1 and, and then joined the Ultimate Fighter, winning in the finale against Hader Hassan, getting a six-figure contract and following that up with a win over Leon Edwards. He racked up decision victories over Sean Strickland, Damian Maia, Rafael Dos Anjos, as well as a knockout over Sergio Marías before winning the World to Weight title with a one-sided domination of champion Tyron Woodley. In his first defense, he took on rival Colby Covington, and despite the fact that both men are known primarily for their wrestling, they engaged in a back-and-forth slugfest until Covington suffered a broken jaw and was stopped in the final minute of that fight. In July of 2020, he was supposed to fight longtime friend and training partner Gilbert Burns, at which point Usman left Sanford MMA, choosing to train in Colorado under Trevor Whitman. Nine days before the fight, Burns pulled out due to COVID-19 and Jorge Masvidal was brought in on six days' notice, losing via unanimous decision. In February of 2021, he surpassed Georges St. Pierre for longest winning streak at welterweight, when after getting dropped early, he gradually broke down Burns, dropping him with a jab and stopping him with a vicious ground and pound. On April 24, 2021, he made his fourth title defense with a dominant victory over Jorge Masvidal, decisively ending their rivalry with an explosive one-punch knockout. One of the most dominant champions in this sport, Marty is an excellent striker with decent power who uses a solid jab to set up his power shots and uses leg and stomach kicks to wear down his opponents in controlled distance and is one of the most accomplished wrestlers in the UFC boasting a perfect 100% takedown defense. In this highly anticipated grudge match, can chaos set an unmatchable pace and overwhelm Usman with volume as he seeks revenge for his only knockout loss? Or will the Nigerian nightmare dominate with his ever-increasing striking ability to cement his legacy as one of the greatest welterweights in UFC history? Tune in UFC 268, Usman versus Covington Saturday night. And let's find out. Ooh,
2: uh, I rewatched this fight this morning. And, I mean, I, I, I always forget how actually close it was. Because I don't know why in my head, just Usman just being, a, being his dominance of everyone else. But that fight was a lot closer than... than uh, then I right, remember. Until he
1: polished them yeah. off in the fourth. And this is what I was talking about earlier. This is where, again, you've got a guy who's elite. And you've got, I mean, listen, Colby Covington probably takes out two through 50 any day of the week. Mm. He's not beating Kamruddin Usman. It ain't going to happen. He doesn't have those. He just doesn't have it. And he's not going to beat him. I think this one probably goes the distance. It's probably 3 2. It's probably close. It's probably the best Colby Covington fight of his life, and he's going to come up a little bit short.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? You know what they call the Jamaican guy who pushes the button on double dare? Usman, come on! Ah, Playing this game for too long, not to get these.
1: Got to start now <laughs> with some of these here.
3: Um, and that's a great. Great uh, depiction of what we've got going on here. Usman versus Covington. You were referring to uh, the uh, Sandhagen and Yan fight from last weekend where one of the guys pinpoint and accurate and really good striker and volume and everything right. And another guy just ran into a buzzsaw, an elite buzzsaw. That's what's going to happen. I can't say this enough. When Bud Crawford. Fights Virgil Ortiz Jr., but, but that's not for today. That's not for today. Usman, I can't wait to decision. argue that one out with you. By the way, when oh happens. yeah, me
1: either. Because I'm either. already picking Crawford in the fight. Just and so the numbers—that's
3: you know. the—that's my fight of the night, and my puncher's chance, and my fairy's <laughs> gotta be about that too.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I I will say I, I do see an ave. I, I do see. A way Kobe Kobe Covington can win this. Because while you mentioned the Jan and Sandhagen fight, Jared, I I think both these guys are very similar. Usman, I I see a lot of similarities with Sandhagen with that length. And and Kobe Covington, I see a lot more, more like the TJ Dillashaw Sandhagen fight, where when he was able to get in, he was able to flurry off a couple and he had the greater. He he was better at those exchanges, but when Usman was able to keep it at distance, I mean, before the fight was ended, Kobe Covington was leading the the, the, the fight in strikes. The so, problem is, what can he do better?
3: than he did Nothing. last time. Nothing. I don't right. see much. I don't but, see very much. It's but, like Sanhagen. You don't give him a rematch because Jan will eat him again.
1: And I'll tell you what, I think Usman is fighting better than he was then. Yes, yes. definitely.
3: Yes. That's, but if you, if you see a marked improvement, it's likely to be from Usman who gets the fight stopped in the second or third instead of the fourth.
2: Yeah, but I, I do the, if that. If Kobe Covington's jaw didn't break and he didn't get knocked out, uh, that, that would have been a hard fight to score. That's all I'm saying. But I, I think right. th- this isn't going to be the same fight as last time. Uh, usually when you got these both these ground guys like this, they like to exchange in strikes in the first round. Like when you got strikers, they, they like to sometimes test out wrestling the first time they meet. So I think this is going to go to the ground, and that's why I got Usman taking it. But if Kobe can come out, uh, get the pressure and then just stay in cool in Usman's face for like the first two rounds, just constantly coming forward, swinging like a Nate Diaz type, Kane uh, Velasquez in his prime just coming forward. Uh, I do think he can wear down and maybe make Usman crack early. But other than that, like I think he's going to wear himself down and then Usman's just going to pick him, pick him apart. But uh, I do see th- them utilizing the wrestling more, and th- that's why I got I have Usman in the edge there. I'll but tell you I do you see something. the avenue for Covington.
1: I think part of the reason this first fight was this stand-up that it was, and again, these are two great wrestlers. Yeah. Only one of them has a 100% takedown rate in the UFC. And so, again, it very much negates – probably colby covington's best asset and so it forces him to fight a fight that he doesn't want to fight and i yeah, just think but, you, i mean like you said colby but like no, no no listen like you said Chase, if covington has to try to get this to the ground it's gonna it, it means yeah. it's not going well and it means he's probably in big trouble
3: Usma worked his way up through the UFC and is the champion and the number one ranked pound for pound fighter in the UFC. And his takedown defense percentage is 100. That's
2: sick. That's wild. Get out
3: of here. How is anybody
1: going to beat this guy?
3: And you're telling me a guy who that's not his specialty is going to have to do that? It's just not. I don't see it, man.
1: Dude, I'll tell you what. I mean, again, you know, everybody knows I love uh, Mazda a ton, uh, you know, and I remember in in the rematch after the first round, I thought, all right, all right, Georgie took it a little bit, but felt like he was coming on strong in the second round. And then, bam, there they were. This is a guy who in 54 fights had never been knocked out. He
3: fought Kimbo yeah. yes! oh, Slice in a backyard. Yes! You remember what you right, thought you know was many- going to happen
1: when you first Do met you Jorge know- Masvidal on YouTube? Yes. <laughs> you <know many> fights <laughs> I've watched of Masvidal fighting in, in, in Kimbo's backyard, beating yeah. a hell out of people? I mean, that dude's a fighter. That dude is a born natural fighter. Nasty, and and uh, this is what I loved because he talked a lot of smack, which is why I love Jorge so much. But after the fight, he said,
2: Dude's got my number. Yeah. I mean, you got to Straight but, up. But at Kobe, even if he loses, he's still going to. I mean, oh, I don't care. When Colby Covington leaves that, he
1: can get right back at, go back to number 8 and work your way back. He'll be back again. No, nah, he's going to sure hop over
2: to the WWE cuz I mean, well, let's get this he, whole uh,
1: If September he did, I I, I I wouldn't year. I wouldn't care in the in the slightest. I'm not a Colby Covington fan and I got to be I don't honest. Even think I would love nothing more than for Marty to knock his lights out.
2: Yeah. yeah and I, I think you honest. I mean, he, you mentioned it uh, before, Joe. I mean, there's a different Marty, a different Kamara Usman, I feel. Like, he's just on this other level. That's why he's dispatching these guys earlier. I mean, beginning he was slow starting, a little bit more methodical. Now he's just opening up. And that's why he's that's why he's being more dominant. And uh, wh- while I do think there is an avenue for Covington to get a win, he, he won't. He won't get it. And – I, I do think that this will end earlier than uh, – just like the last couple Usman fights, just decisive, just put any talk at all in the water. And also, I, I saw an interview with him. Kamaru Usman's mentality is just different. I mean, he's talking he about the past fight and how, like, his hand was broken. He didn't say anything to his corner. And Covington, when his jaw broke, he told his corner – so that was his way – he saw it as Covington's way to get it out for them to go tell the doctors and get it an out because he didn't want to keep fighting. Out of the fight. yeah. So, yeah, that's just – that, that mental stuff. I mean, you talk about intangibles. That's just something that – there's a reason why he's number one pound for pound, and that, that that's that stuff. That's the stuff you can't teach, that mentality. Mm. But, uh, all right, talked a lot about UFC – we got a great, great fight in the, uh, in the boxing ring, though, as uh, Canelo takes on Caleb Plant. Joe's going to break it down for us. The unified WBA,
1: WBC, WBO, super middleweight world champion, Canelo Alvarez, squares off with undefeated IBF, super middleweight world champion, Caleb Sweethand's Plant on Saturday on Showtime, pay-per-view. From the MGM Grand Arena in Las Vegas, let's break it down. Caleb Plant is 29 years old. He's 6'1", with a 74-inch reach and a record of 21-0 with 12 knockouts. From Ashland City, Tennessee, Plant began boxing at the age of 8 and by 19 became the National Golden Gloves champion and an alternate for the 2012 Summer Olympics. After amassing an amateur record of 97-20, and 20, he turned pro of May of 2014 with a first-round knockout of Travis Davidson. Over the next three years, he went 15-0 with 10 knockouts before making his first real step up in competition when he completely dominated Andrew Hernandez, winning all 10 rounds on the judges' scorecard, after which he found himself ranked sixth by the IBF. Next, he defeated the number 12-ranked Rogelio Medina, using a superior jab and ring IQ to win another lopsided decision, and 11 months later, was given a shot at the title against IBF champion Jose Uzcadigui. In another dominant display, Plant used his footwork and jab to completely overwhelm the champ, dropping him twice, once in the second round and once in the fourth, to claim the title by a wide, unanimous decision. In his first title defense, he blew out challenger Mike Lee, dropping him just 37 seconds into the first round and three more times in the third to score a technical knockout and seven months later destroyed number three contender Vincent Fagenbutz, battering him throughout and route to a 10th round stoppage. On January 30th, 2021, he put on another masterclass against former IBF title holder Caleb Truax, controlling the former champion from a distance with his jab and ring generalship, with all three judges scoring at 120-108. A highly technical counterpuncher, Plant likes to fight out of a Philly shell, utilizing his quick jab and excellent footwork to control the distance and set up his power shots. Canelo Alvarez is 31 years old. He's 5'9", with a 70 and a half inch reach and a record of 56-1-2 with 38 knockouts. From Guadalajara, Mexico, he followed his older brothers in the boxing at the age of 13, going on to medal in several Mexican Junior National Championships and finishing his amateur career with a record of 44-2 with 12 knockouts. He turned pro at 15 with a fourth-round knockout and went 32-0-1, before gaining his first real exposure, knocking out Jose Coto on the Mayweather vs. Mosley undercard. In his next fight, he won the WBC Silver Junior Middleweight belt with a six-round knockout of Luciano Cuelo, and followed that up with a brutal left-hook knockout of former welterweight champion Carlos Baldemir. He won the vacant WBC Regular belt from Matthew Hatton and defended it five times before adding the WBA belt with a unanimous decision over Austin Trout in 2013. In his next fight, he lost his belts via majority decision to Floyd Mayweather, but quickly bounced back, tearing through the junior middleweight division with knockouts of Alfredo Angulo and James Kirkland before defeating Miguel Cotto by decision for the WBC middleweight title. After knocking out Amir Khan with a thunderous right cross and following that up with one-sided beatdowns of Leon Smith and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., he took on Gennady Golovkin in an attempt to unify the middleweight division. After 12 intense but evenly matched rounds, the fight was ruled a draw, and when the pair rematched the following year, it was much the same with Alvarez pulling out a close majority decision. Unable to unify the middleweight division, he set his sights on super middleweight, knocking out Rocky Felding with a body shot, and after briefly moving up to light heavyweight to knock out Sergei Kovalev for the WBL belt, he dropped back down to Super Middleweight to win the WBA and WBC belts with a unanimous decision over Caleb Smith. On May 8, 2021, he added the WBO belt with an eighth-round beatdown of champion Billy Joe Saunders, putting on a masterful performance and fracturing his orbital bone before Saunders' team threw in the towel. A defensive specialist with exceptional head movement and footwork, Alvarez also possesses phenomenal power, and is among the finest counter-punchers in the sport and is widely regarded as one of the pound-for-pound greatest fighters in the world. Can Sweet Hands use his jab and size advantage to keep Alvarez at bay? Or will Canelo's power and ring IQ be too much to overcome as he vies to become the first undisputed super middleweight champion of boxing history? Tune in Saturday night to Plant versus Alvarez, and let's find out.
2: Joe... Can Canelo knock off the second of the Caleb and Kel- Kel- Caleb's list? First, tonight.
3: first, you missed a golden opportunity for, or can the challenger supplant Alvarez?
2: <laughs>
3: the, I'm sorry, guys,
1: I'm sorry, Yeah. Tony. I know you're watching. Make a note of that next time, Caleb plans. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but the fact that the super middleweight division will finally be unified will give me the best night of sleep I've ever had. I said this last week about Shakur Stevenson. If you want to spend the prime of your career, unifying a division that nobody gives a crap about, knock yourself out literally because no one's going to be there to watch any of it. I mean, get real. Who cares? Of course he's going to beat Caleb Plant. Why wouldn't he? Like, in what world do we live in where Canelo doesn't completely destroy this guy and unify the super middleweight division? Why? Why? Where's Triple G? Where's Triple G? What are we doing with this? Caleb Plant? Really? Caleb Smith, too busy? Give me a break. What a joke. Dude, Canelo better blow him out in six, six or under, or he should retire. That's what I say. I
2: like that.
3: I don't even want to go. I just joke. Keep going. (laughs) This This is great. Dude,
1: I love Canelo Alvarez. I want to watch him fight people that I care about in a division that people care about. Nobody cares about super middleweight.
3: At you all. know, you know, I'm a numbers guy, right? So I'm over here on a box rec, and I've got some Canelo Alvarez opponents numbers uh, for perspective. Alfonso Gomez, 33. Kermit Cintron, 17. Shane Mosley, 19, 23, 69, 90, 62, 764, 730. You guys can guess who those that guy is. Triple G. Danny Jacobs 220, Kovalev 230, Callum Smith 255, Billy Joe Saunders 166. Uh, Caleb Plant, uh, here we go. We got 26, 21, 7, 4, 4. He never fought anyone the likes of Canelo or even close to about 15 of the guys that Canelo's faced by the numbers, Canelo's faced what was that? Twelve to fifteen guys that aren't any that this guy's never been in the ring with got knocked out by Canelo Alvarez. Jeez. Um, that said, the line is too high. You can't bet minus nine fifty if you're betting the fight and to win plus 650 on caleb plant he's showing up to fight what you want here is the under nine and a half at a coin toss that's all day this fight doesn't see
2: round 10. yeah i mean canelo takes care i i honestly i mean we've talked about the the idea of canelo moving up to fight uh viterbiev before and, and i mean he, he's He's not doing that. I, I think he's just waiting for someone to come out of welterweight. I mean, wh- whatever's going on there. And then just meet at middleweight, I think. Because, man. He, I mean, or, or he's just going to keep doing this. Keep just dominating super middleweight, middleweight. Yes, maybe he learned, this. He learned yeah. this from Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. So I, I, But then... Yeah, I don't know, man. I love that you said nine and a half, Jared. Yeah, I think that's easy. That's easy, easy. So, yeah, uh, Canelo all day, every day. He's going to get it done. uh, Real quick.
1: You know, it's funny. uh, My brother sent me earlier this week video, uh, and I had forgotten how amazing this was when Floyd Mayweather uh, lost at the Olympics. And cried like a little bitch. Um, it, it, it really, that day, it, it proved to me how obsessed this guy is with not losing fights. And it's been really, it's all that's mattered to Mayweather is to not lose. And in doing so, to not fight anybody, to dodge people until they're in their 40s. Um, and then he wonders why people don't love and respect them. You know, uh, uh, these guys, these guys, this young generation, uh, the Lopez's uh, Davis, you know, even a guy like Wilder, everybody looks at Mayweather. And and again, you watch the way Wilder's come completely undone from a draw and then a loss and then another loss. Um there, there's more to, you know, again, you can lose a fight and learn a lot from it. You on can the other take hand, valuable lessons
3: a, out of this. On the other hand, that's, a, that's an experience that most people can't identify with. There's not too many things I can correlate with losing a fight when you go back and you just weren't good enough. When Jorge Masvidal said that, you know, that's. That's an experience 99 out of 100 people are never, ever going to have to to stop and say, I tell you guys about asparagus reps. I don't know where it comes from, but Chad Dawson was just better than me. There was nothing I was going to do to get at a six foot three left handed, 158 pound kid. And that's so, is, uh... just the idea of taking a loss. I mean.
1: This is a little bit different, but, you know, again, I've never been in a boxing ring, so I don't I don't know. But I did recently win a wiffle ball championship and the expectation was high because of how good I am that I would perform. Um, And in the the championship games, I was a combined 10 for 15 with eight RBI, made a beautiful diving catch um, and we won. So, I don't know. I just wanted
3: to talk about <laughs> that for a minute.
2: All right. Okay. We don't have footage? <laughs> highlight reels? There's, there's a reel. Of course. <laughs> okay. ah. Joe's got it. Uh, but, uh, all right. Let's get back to fights, and let's talk about the fight of the night. Uh, I think there's one pretty big glaring one in the lightweight division. Joe, is that yours? It is a Gaethje Chandler. Uh, I expect
1: violence. Um, I want to see these two guys get as close as they did in that stupid commercial. I've had to see like 800 times. You don't know what I'm talking about where they're like face to face for the whole commercial. I look forward to that actually now happening because I always in my mind uh, when he leaves and he backs him up to the door, they would have just started duking it out. Right there um, on Chandler's back porch. <laughs> this
2: is gonna be, it's going to uh, be a, a fun awesome.
1: and a very exciting fight. I'm I'm thrilled for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, it can be, but also, no, it's just going to be fun. I could see Chandler taking it down and making it, kind of, but no, I mean, Gacy's too good. At take down defense and uh, yeah, it's going to be war. And I mean, especially the way Chandler's been fighting, he wants to come out. And get that brawl. So, yeah, I, th- this it's gonna be
1: fun. And this is a great card, by the way. Uh, Frankie yeah, Edgar yeah. on it as well. I mean, Frankie I like Edgar what I'm versus seeing. Marlon
2: Vera. Yeah, th- that was my yeah. fight of the night. I, I think Crossroads too easy. Two guys going in different directions. It's a, I think Shabazian's on this card too. I just did the, the yeah.
1: ESPN yeah. pick em. Uh, uh, Yeah, and as I was yeah. going through the card, I Picking was like, oh, yes. this is
3: great. This is a great card right here. I'm above like, Shabazzian's actually uh, the dog.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it should be interesting. Uh, it's a fun night. Jared, you got a fight tonight? I know you always love boxing.
3: Oh, well, it's gauging. Yeah. it's gagey chandler all day but forced to give you something else boxing would have been plant canelo so yeah so i'm gonna give you one more to pay attention to here i think it's got a lot of potential it's two guys that have lost a few fights one a few fights been in the upper echelon for a long time if they're gonna make another run at it the time is right now uh bobby green versus Ally Aquinta has yes been going to be a very good oh. fight
1: who would you take in that fight? Because I took uh,
3: Iaquinta. Uh, Iaquinta, yes, he's the. I under. like Iaquinta as well. He's on right. one of those round robins I made, actually. Iaquinta, yeah.
2: I like that. I like that. Uh, good I pick. pick. But uh, I speaking of picks, Jared got your of chance, but first we got a bad response, play. And if you if you need help managing your money, check out JPEX Financial.
1: Do you have a 401K and some savings for future retirement that you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. All Hi right,
2: Jared, Dave, well, there you got it.
3: Uh, Corey Gibbs is all day. We already talked about Canelo and Plant take the under nine and a half. <clears throat> and a couple of upsets to sprinkle into your parlays. Juan Pablo Romero um, is the underdog fighting uh, Elvis Rodriguez. Those are two names you don't usually hear attached to each other. But Elvis Rodriguez for the loss. And then uh, Nathan Bennett were also taken with an upset pick here uh, over Kane Gardner. And that's your puncher's chance. Go ahead and bundle those all together, round robbing them, threes and fours. There's five bets
2: there. $1 oh. wins you 140 Dude, I killed it last week with Glover. I'll tell you that congratulations <laughs>
3: that killed By the me the way because i had won eight fights in a row up to that point and parlayed a bunch of them and lost with uh lost a lost a handful with glover
1: do you guys do you guys mind if i just take 30 seconds of your time i think everyone Please. will enjoy this yeah.
2: floyd it's a, a, a tough decision from my vantage point let me get your comment on the on the scoring
0: i feel i'm winning to fight
2: yeah, when you look at Todorov, a three-time world champion, do you feel like he got some consideration from the judging? I, I understand how emotional you are right now Floyd, with your family. Uh-
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm the most empathetic person on the planet. <laughs> yeah, <You are. laughs> I to people that deserve Close. it. Close. Close. Yeah. To people right. who deserve it. Uh, I'm sorry. I can I can honestly look at that clip and it makes me laugh every time I watch it. By the way, uh, mad props to my man, Beasley Reese, uh, former New York Giant, former uh, NBC Connecticut news reporter, and a, a really cool guy. I had a chance to know him for a long time. Good guy.
2: Yeah, but uh, I. <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy. People love to, I mean, when uh, D.C. was crying after the John Jones knockout. I love D.C. My heart broke for D.C. And even with, uh, to a degree, Wilder, I mean, you're just in combat. I said to a degree. And then as soon as they put cameras in your face after just being knocked out or just just going to war for however many rounds, I mean, things can come off. Uh, a little weird, and you, you're you're in those emotions. So I, I get it to a degree, but but yeah, I mean, no, I'm is- I'm a
3: crier. I'm a crier. Yeah. I I actually think it's a a symbol of strength. But you've got to differentiate a certain kind of crying. I mean, Rose Namayunis I'm the best crying, is different than Terrell Owens, that's my quarterback crying. Those are two two. <laughs> Two yes. different kinds of crying. Yes, one, of them, one of them I might tear up with you. The other one I'm okay to laugh at you and not feel like I'm I'm not being empathetic enough. Leave Britney
1: alone! There's two <laughs> different kinds
2: of crying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I think now that we're talking about crying, it's time to wrap up the show. But uh, before we do that, shout out to Throwing jabs. I mean, uh, uh, Scrub Scraps. Jeez, I'm losing my mind. Scrubscraps.org. Make sure you check it out. You can come support them right here. And then membership, sign up, fill out the Google Docs, and there you go. And also testimonial video, everything you got all right here, Scrubscraps.org. Make sure you check that out.
1: We are very, home.
2: very proud of that. And
1: big props uh, to Jace for all his hard work, to my daughter Eden and their boyfriend, Zach LaPlante. uh, Chris Moscone. Uh, a lot of people put a lot. If I'm leaving anybody out, I apologize. Erica Jones, certainly. Uh, Trinity, too. Uh, yeah. Trinity, yeah. Of uh, and, of course, to Jared, uh, you know, we put a lot of work and effort into getting this bad boy up and running. Membership is open. So uh, get in on the ground floor, baby. Love to oh, have yeah. you. Um and we're hoping to to get things really rolling uh with the start of the new year. Maybe uh maybe an event
2: even. oh yeah. Let's go scrubscratches.org go check we'll it out. We'll talk. <laughs> hey, and we'll be right here. Hey, get we'll on, on that membership
3: list. We're giving priority to everybody who's on that membership list. There's already about 50. We've got a we've got a method to sponsor and those will be the priority sponsors uh sponsees. So uh, getting on that list a good idea if you want to be any capacity, like I said.
2: Hell, yeah. That's scrubschaps.org. Make sure you check it out. And a big shout-out to JPEX Financial Group and Mosquito Shield. Make sure you check out Mosquito Shield CT as well. Sign up for their services. Tell them Throwing Jabs sent you, and they'll give you a discount as well. And that's going to do it for Big Jace, Joe Guire, Jared Jones, A lot of fun fights tonight. Make sure you check them out. Make sure you enjoy them and make sure if you do bet, bet responsibly. But that's going to do it. We'll see you next week for more Throwing Jabs. Take care, everyone.
0: Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch chance, we find a way to win. The main event locked it in. Every Saturday, attend. The overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs. cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are step late. Keep your guard up feeling faint from a faint. Take a standing aid, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counterbound. Punch with your gym tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts. Because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs.
1: Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre, I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Joying About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Stinky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Murder: the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrestmedia.com